Hey everyone, this is Christian Benavides, Digital Content Director at Texas Watch, and I'll be your host for this episode of Texas Tales. In today's episode, Executive Director Ware Wendell discusses insurance claims after the winter storm and how best to approach that process as many begin to rebuild across our state. This is Texas Tales. Thank you for joining us for the February 24th, 2021 edition of The Rundown. I'm Ware Wendell, and I'm the Executive Director of Texas Watch. Texas Watch works to protect policyholders, patients, and the public at the Texas Capitol. We stand up for consumers and our courts, and we're privileged to do this work. Usually at the beginning of this uh, conversation, we talk about what's happening at the Capitol, how you can get involved, bills that are taking place, and I don't want to do that today because we need to stop and talk about what just happened in this state. We suffered a complete breakdown of government. We had a series of of systems failures in this state, and it was entirely predictable, and it was entirely avoidable. And many Texans are paying the price. They're suffering right now because of it. I'm angry. And I know many of you are as well. This should have never happened. Yes, we got winter weather. Not unlike the winter weather that other parts of our country deal with year in and year out. And what we saw in Texas was that our electricity system was not prepared. They were warned 10 years ago that we needed to to weatherize or winterize our power plants so that we had electricity during these times. They chose not to do it because it would cost money. And because of those decisions, it's costing lives in the state. People have died. Children have died. After the electricity went, the water system collapsed. At our home, we went without water for nearly five days. Some Texans right now still do not have water service restored, or you're under a boil notice right now. This is an embarrassment for our state, and it had deadly, deadly consequences. You know, government at at its most basic level exists to provide basic and essential services for us, roads, electricity, water. We didn't have that. We were left to fend for ourselves. Government exists to protect us. So we're not living in what Thomas Hobbes would call the state of nature to protect life. It did not do that. This state has been drunk on deregulation for decades. As I said, this was a predictable consequence, and it it sickens me that we're here right now. We're in a humanitarian crisis in Texas, and and I want to say this to, to any special interest lobbyist who is within the sound of my voice right now. If you're pushing a bill at the Texas Capitol that's just there to try to boost corporate profits for your client, 
pull the bill down. Pull the bill down. Have some decency. Have some humanity. We have three months left in the in the Texas legislative session to do the business of a state of nearly 30 million people. We don't need legislators dividing their time right now on your pet project. We need government to be focused on, on the basics, getting back to basics, protecting families. If your bill's not protecting families, pull the bill down. Please. People are suffering. We need legislators to be laser focused on solving these problems. I'm concerned about another system failure. I talked about cascading system failures, electricity, then water. The one that I'm concerned about is is insurance. You know that we work a lot on insurance issues, protecting policyholders, particularly homeowners and drivers. And, And many of us are dealing with now potentially insurance claims. We suffered water damage at the Texas Watch office. Um, But many people have been pushed out of their homes because of burst pipes. And first of all, we need leadership at the top. Governor Abbott, we reached out to your office in September of 2020. And we asked you to appoint an insurance commissioner at that time. Someone with a background of, of representing and protecting consumers because of what we're all going through with the pandemic. It's even more important that you do so now, without delay, sir. We need an insurance commissioner at the Department of Insurance who has a background of representing consumers, looking out for Texas families, not the big insurance companies, Texans. We ask you again, sir, please put forth an insurance commissioner who has a background of representing consumers because that person is going to have a big job ahead of them. The insurance industry is saying that this is one of or possibly the largest events that that they've seen in our state. From their past track record with disasters, I'm concerned about what this means for Texas families, for Texas business owners with property damage claims. I'm concerned for a number of reasons. The first reason is a bill that was rammed through the Texas legislature in 2011. I'm sorry, 2017. Many of you will remember this bill. It's known as the Blue Tarp Bill because of the effect that it has on the rights of policyholders who are forced to take their insurance companies to court because those companies have been playing deny, delay, underpay games and trying to boost their profits. The bill was sold as dealing with hailstorms and hail claims on roofs. But it's important for all of you to understand that that bill had very broad application. The term of art in the bill is that it applies to, quote, forces of nature, including snowstorms. So if you have suffered property loss as a result of of these winter storms here in Texas, and your insurance company isn't shooting straight with you, and they're trying to underpay you, they're trying to chisel you out of a fair resolution, you're likely going to come into contact with this law. 
I want to talk with you um, about what it does at a high level. And we've got a lot more information on our website, texaswatch.org. You can go to the archives page. We also have it loaded on a storm-specific website that I'll talk about here in just a minute. The first thing that the Blue Tart Bill did, and this was House Bill 1774, again from the 2017 legislative session, is it slashes penalties for insurance companies' slow-pay schemes. Used to be that those penalties for those companies, if they were caught doing that, was 18%. That number needed to be at that level to get the attention of the insurance companies uh, because they have all the money. And frankly, money is the only language that they understand sometimes. So that penalty needed to be big enough to get their attention. The blue tarp bill slashed those, those penalties basically in half. Instead of a fixed 18%, it's now a variable rate, which I believe right now is at 10%. So there's less incentive for insurance companies to pay your claim on time and in full. I'm very concerned about that. The second thing that the bill did is it put hurdles in front of uh, policyholders, in front of families who have to take their insurance company to court. Now, mind you, they've been trying to get to a fair resolution for weeks, months, probably a year before they're now in the court process. And the bill requires that that homeowner, that business owner, to send a second pre-suit notice letter to the insurance company. Bear in mind, you know, the insurance companies already had special protections in our laws from years ago, uh, but they weren't content with that. They now have a second layer of tort reform in our in our insurance code. And now you basically have to be perfect at the beginning of your lawsuit, before full discovery has taken place, before any of that's happened. You need to state your damages with such a degree of precision that if you're if you're more than 20% off with what the jury awards you later, uh, there's consequences for your recovery in this way. It can impact the amount of attorney's fees that your attorney will recover from the insurance company. And if your attorney cannot get paid by the insurance company that cheated you, then your attorney has to look to you and your recovery to be compensated for the time and expense that they have invested in your case. So this ultimately hurts the homeowner. It ultimately hurts the business owner. It makes it harder, frankly, for attorneys to take these cases. Uh, Fewer attorneys may be taking these cases because the blue tarp bill adds uncertainty and cost and delay to the process. You're already facing an uphill battle taking on your insurance company. Remember, they write the policies. We don't get to negotiate the language of the policies. This is the policy. If you don't like it, I guess you go to the next insurance company. They have your money. We have to pay them our our premium dollars up front, 100 cents on the dollar, or else we don't get coverage. So we're in a uniquely disadvantaged position as consumers when it comes to insurance companies. And God forbid you now have to take them to court uh, to try to get them to do what they should have done in the first place, which was take care of you in your time of need. That's their job. That's their purpose, supposedly. Now it's harder for you um, if you're in the court process. So you need to be aware of that law. Again, we have a lot of information up 
And Kelly, thank you for putting it up in the chat here on Facebook. Okay, let's talk about what we can do to help you right now. Uh, we've been working wire to wire since the storm to try to get you the best information possible. Uh, we stood up a storm-specific website. It's called hashtag StormHelp. Uh, we'll get it loaded here in the comments. Uh, but you can go to texaswatch.org. It's up on the main page. It's also under the Projects tab. Again, Storm Help. We're trying to gather all the very best resources we can from around the state, from around the country to help you, whether it's tips on just surviving the fallout of the storm or if you're getting into the insurance claims process. To keep it simple, because we know how busy people are right now, um, as you're having to muck out your, your home, muck out your office like I was doing a couple of days ago, uh, we've got a top five consumer tips to help you with insurance claims. And I'm going to touch on those briefly with you. But again, I encourage you to go to texaswatch.org, go to the Storm Help site, and you'll see our top five tips there. Number one, report your claim immediately. Immediately. If you have suffered damage, contact your insurance company. Um, make sure that you're in line for them to get out and to look at the damage. The reason why I say that is it's kind of the wild, wild west right now with insurance policies in this state. Uh, the insurance companies years ago said, we need form freedom. Form freedom. It's kind of their brave heart moment. We need form freedom. Because we used to have promulgated forms in Texas that actually covered you for water loss. Many of us used to have what was called the HOB form that had good coverage for water loss. And frankly, the insurance companies decided they can make more money if they start carving up that uh, that coverage. So many of us have less coverage for water damage now. And in some of those policies, it may have a very quick uh, reporting deadline on, on these types of claims. So it's important that you report your claim immediately. Document all of your communications with your insurance company. You wanna make it crystal clear later um, that you contacted them on this date at this time. Save the email if you're contacting them that way. Um, write down the, the name of the customer service rep that you spoke with. Um, or if you're contacting your insurance agent's office, the person that you spoke with there, you want to create a very clear record. Because if the insurance company is playing games months and years down the line, you need to have proof that you contacted them on this date at this time. Report your claim immediately. Number two, you need to document all of your damage and all of the surrounding areas as well. And I've seen this before. Insurance companies that aren't playing, um, that aren't shooting straight, let's put it that way, sometimes they'll claim that, oh, yeah, we see damage there to your property. We're not disagreeing that your property's damaged. But that's pre-existing damage. That's a game that they play. Pre-existing damage. So it's important for you to take a picture not just of the damage, but of the surrounding areas as well, um, so that you can show them this is connected to those winter storms. This is connected to, to the water um, damage that I have. If you have a burst pipe, when you get a plumber out, and I know it's hard to get plumbers right now, but when they remove that portion of the pipe that's burst, keep it. Keep it at your home. Keep it at your business because it will help you to show that to the insurance adjuster later. See, this was a burst pipe. This wasn't a slow leak. This is related to the winter storm and the freezing weather that we had. 
and the lack of power that we had because of this government failure that we all suffered. So save all of that. Document everything. Uh, take pictures now. Don't wait. Take them now. Of all damage, all surrounding areas, document everything. Number three, and this is homework and it's not fun. Read your policy. Find your policy, read your policy. Beyond the policy, read the endorsements that are in effect right now. Endorsements is, is a lawyer term. Um, what, it, what we mean when we say endorsements is it's, it's an amendment to your policy. It changes or modifies the language of your contract. Insurance policy is a contract. Uh, so you need the policy, you need all endorsements that are in effect right now. Uh, if you don't have your policy, if you don't have your endorsements, if you have questions about what are the current endorsements on my policy, uh, contact your insurance agent. Get a copy from them. Again, document everything. But you need to read through there to understand where you stand under the policy with the company uh, so they can't play games with you or you can call them on their games if they're trying to play games with you. Okay, number four, save all receipts. Many of you have been pushed out of your house. Um, you're, you're, you're having to stay in a hotel, a motel. Um, you're having to, to wash your clothes at the laundromat. Uh, you're having to buy food because all your food spoiled in your refrigerator. Um, save all of those receipts because your policy may cover uh, temporary living expenses. I, I said that it's kind of the wild, wild west at, at the Department of Insurance right now when it comes to insurance policies. The reason why I say that is we actually tried to get our hands around this years ago through an open records request. We wanted to know every um, policy that had been approved by the Department of Insurance dealing with homeowners insurance and, and private passenger auto insurance, insurance that we buy to drive on our roads legally. And what we found at that time is that the Department of Insurance had rubber stamped all of these policies. <laughs> I mean, they disapproved, as, as I recall, I think they disapproved three endorsements and one policy. Everything else, fine by TDI. Looks good to us. Reduces water damage. Yeah, we're fine with that. Your deductible now is, is it used to be a fixed dollar deductible. Now it's a percentage deductible that may cost you thousands of dollars out of your pocket instead of hundreds of dollars. TDI rubber stamped that. The governor oversees TDI. It's an executive agency. So I can't tell you what your insurance policy says because there's so much variation right now in the market. That's why it's important that you read your policy, you understand what those terms are, and if you do have coverage for temporary living expenses, saving those receipts is so important. It's so important because later you need to be able to document those damages for the insurance company. Okay, number five, you want to make sure you are on site for the inspection when the insurance adjuster comes out. So be very clear about when that inspection is going to take place, when they're going to, when the insurance company is sending somebody out. And some of them don't have their own adjusters. They contract with, with third-party adjusters. So it, they may not say insurance company's name on, on, their, uh, on, their, on their shirt or on their truck. Um, it may be somebody from an adjuster company. So you need to make sure the communications are coordinated. Um, very simple things like making sure that your address is very clear from the street so the adjuster can find your home easily and they don't just say, oh, couldn't, couldn't find them, we'll have to reschedule. 
Um, if you have to take time off from work, I know that's hard, but it's so important that you're on site, um, whether it's at your home or at your business, when the insurance adjuster comes up to inspect the property, because you need to be able to show them all the damage. You need to be able to show them that this is new damage, if it's new damage, um, and talk with them. So be on site for the inspection with the insurance adjuster. Okay, you're going to need to come into contact with contractors now if you've got damage, right? You need to get repair estimates. Um, you're coordinating with your insurance company, all of that. We want to make sure that you get connected with good contractors. So here are a couple of quick tips for making sure that that contractor is someone who is reputable, who's going to do the job, who's going to finish the job for you, um, and isn't going to drive off the job, which happens from time to time. There are storm chaser contractors. They come in from out of state. So the first thing is make sure that that contractor has, has an established presence in Texas, hopefully an established presence in your local community. How long have you been here? How many jobs have you worked on through the years? These are important questions for that contractor. You know, if they're going door for door, door to door, sometimes you want to be concerned about that. Um, reputable contractors have a lot of business. They don't have time to go door to door. People call them uh, because people know that they're good. So something to look for. You want to check references. So ask them for a list of references from from jobs, recent jobs through the years, like the job that they need to do for you, uh, and take the time to call or contact those references to make sure it's not just their brother-in-law who's listed and saying, oh yeah, so-and-so's great. Well, did they really do work at your property? What was your experience with them? You need to check all of the sites, all of the sites that um, really track kind of their customer reputation. I made this mistake once on a job. I checked them out on uh, on Yelp. I'm sorry, I checked them out on Angie's List. We checked them out on Google Reviews. I forgot to check them out on Yelp. If I had checked them out on Yelp, I would have seen a lot of uh, disgruntled customers with this particular contractor. Uh, Better Business Bureau, another place to check out contractors. So you need to cast a wide net. Again, Angie's List has great information. Uh, Yelp, Google Reviews, Better Business Bureau, uh, you need to cast a wide net. Try to get as much information as you can right now to check out these, these contractors. Make sure that they are insured and bonded. They have liability insurance um, and that they are bonded for, for damage that they cause on your property and get proof of that from them. They should be able to give you a copy of those documents, those certificates. Take the time to call the company and, and make sure that that insurance is current, that that bond is current that the contractor's paid up and this coverage is in effect because that coverage should be there to help protect you if something goes wrong on the job. Okay, let's talk about contractor contracts. The contracts need to be in writing. Uh, as much as I like to think that, the, the, you know, handshakes still matter in Texas, or I guess in the age of COVID, elbow bumps still matter in Texas, uh, you got to get that contract in writing. Read the contract very carefully. Um, if there are terms that are that are one-sided that are going to hurt you, push back. Say, I don't like this language. Uh, we need to make this language fair. The contract needs to be fair. And be on the lookout for contracts that are too front-loaded. Um, if the contractor is trying to get a whole bunch of money from you, 
right at the beginning of the job before they've really done any work, I think that's a red flag. It shows you that they may be behind on money with some of their other jobs, and they're trying to, in essence, rob Peter to pay Paul. They're trying to get you to pay their their last job, and then maybe they'll scrounge up the money for your job. Uh Uh-uh. It's not the way it works. The money for my job is for my job. So you don't want to pay certainly not more than 30% um, early on in the contract, uh, preferably closer to 10%. So you don't want that contract to be front-loaded. If you are seeing price gouging, the Office of the Attorney General is supposed to pursue that. Glad the Attorney General got back here from Texas to Texas from Utah, uh, but we've got good lawyers in that office, and uh, we've got the information up on our website. Uh, and so report price gouging that you're seeing. They should not be taking advantage of you during this time, during this disaster. Okay. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, joining us in this cause for justice is so important. It just became even more important uh, considering what we're looking at right now as Texans are trying to pick up the pieces and get back on their feet. Um, you can sign up for updates on our website, texaswatch.org. You can share your story. If you're having problems, contact us at texaswatch at texaswatch.org. We produce a lot of content, so like us on Facebook, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Um, you're doing a great job on Facebook. We've gone from 15,000 people to 21,000 people right now, and that's just during this this first part of the legislative session. So thank you. Thank you for inviting your friends to like us. If you haven't done that already and you think that the work that we do is valuable, uh, please invite your friends to like us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. Follow us there. Instagram. We're on TikTok. Um, we have a podcast. Many of you are going to be hearing this on our podcast. So you can find us on all of your podcast hosting services. The name of the podcast is Texas Tells, T-E-L-L-S, or you can just search Texas Watch in quotes. You'll find us there. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm mad. I know many of you are mad. I said that at the top and um, this was predictable and children died. People died. People are out of their house and homes and their businesses. We need to protect life and property in this state. And and all of us in the Texas Watch family are going to pull together to do that and to hold government accountable, to hold insurance companies accountable, to make sure that Texans get back on their feet. So thank you for everything that you do. We'll be back in touch. Thank you. Take care. Texas Watch is a nonprofit, nonpartisan citizen advocacy organization that takes on corporate wrongdoers, fighting to restore responsibility, and protect Texas families. We can't do this work without you. You can support us at texaswatch.org/donate. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Knowledge is power, and there is strength in numbers. Join us.